Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. We are well into our 50s, Neil. We are we are ready to go. We are... Get that senior citizen's discount. Oh, yeah. Seniors Day at Shoppers. Here we come. Get those points, baby. It is cold <laughs> as hell in Toronto today. It is... I don't know, because you walked over here. And it is... Right now, it's minus 15. And there's sun out there. So, like... If it's minus 15 when there's sun, it's tonight is going to be just blistering. I don't want to I don't want to go outside. I don't want to like yeah. the air is painful. You will freeze. The air is is causing me pain when I go outside. So yeah. that's 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 fun. That's that's the Toronto we live in. That's the world we live in right now. Uh, we got a fun show for you today. Uh, we're going to talk some news and notes. Um, an interesting week in the world of sports. Um, some controversial things definitely happened, which we're going to get into. Uh, then we're going to talk the divisional weekend that happened this past week uh, as the sirens go on outside because it was intense. It was crazy. It was a lot of questions that need to be answered. A lot of upsets. And a lot of <laughs> an emotional roller coaster. When you when you hear that that phrase emotional roller coaster, you don't hear it quite like what we saw. Yeah, I this think past weekend I saw the greatest game. I think the greatest NFL game I think I've ever seen. Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah, one of the greatest games ever played. Uh, but we're gonna get into that a little bit later. Uh, then our predictions for um, this championship weekend that's coming up here. Uh, but let's get into some news and notes. Uh, first on the docket, we've got Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Not, I repeat, not being inducted into the Hall of Fame in their final year of eligibility, which means they're shut out from the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. There's still a chance that they can be voted in next year. Um, there's a process. I'm not entirely fluent on what that exact process is, but there is a way that they can be voted in next year. But currently, as it stands, in their 10th year of eligibility, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are shut out of the Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts, Neil? Um, I don't really disagree with it. I, you know, obviously there's an asterisk beside it, but the Hall of Fame is the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? The Hall of Fame can't erase Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens from history. You know, they can't take away the fact that he's the home run leader of all time. They can't take away the fact that Roger Clemens won many championships, won many Cy Youngs with multiple teams. He did it with the Blue Jays in that season, that one of that one season with the Blue Jays. I think with what they've done in the history, with how they've you know shaped the game, they went through the steroid era. It wasn't just them. They will not be forgotten in history. The Hall of Fame cannot take that away from them. And I think you know Hall of Fame or not. These are two of the greatest players of all time. I agree. Um, and obviously, we all know the reason why they were shut out of the Hall of Fame. Um, it's, it's become widely known that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were steroid users. Um, but there, yeah, like you said, there was a whole steroid era of the MLB. Um, it's just Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds were at the forefront of that. They were the faces of the league at that point. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, to... The Hall of Fame. What what I think they're doing is they're making a statement. They're they're sh- they're setting an example here, um, and using Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens to do so. 
um, saying, you know, these are the consequences. If you want to cheat in this league, if you want to use steroids, um, and this is a message to all current players, like if this yeah. is what you want to do, look at the consequence. Barry Bonds is one of the greatest hitters, if not the greatest hitter of all time. Roger Clemens, one of the greatest pitchers, if not the greatest pitcher of all time. Um, you know, that's that's showing the rest of the MLB right now that you can lose your chance on getting into the Hall of Fame if you choose to cheat. Yeah, I mean, like, you look at those, the, the countless list of players that were, you know, accused or found uh, guilty of, of taking these substances uh, that were banned from the league. In 2003, the early 2000s, that was, you know, a really big deal. It still is to today that we're still talking about it in 2022, right? I mean, like, we're there are people who are going to be in the Hall of Fame, and they're from that scandal, and there are people who aren't, you know? And David Ortiz is a big name who retired in 2016 who was on that list, who was found guilty. We don't know what substance he took. It was never revealed, but there are people who are going to make it into the hall of fame. And that is where you get into like some of the discussions, whether maybe bonds and Clemens do deserve to be put into the hall because you're seeing other individuals who are found guilty, getting a chance to be in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you can make the argument in any league, really in any sport that the hall of fame is purely subjective. There's nothing objective about it. Um, it's, it's a bunch of, People that, you know, have their favorites and have their their players that they're, you know, sour towards. And I guess Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are those players in, in this case that they were sour towards. You know, Barry Bonds, when you think of Barry Bonds, like, obviously he had an illustrious career. But at the end of career, his career is when the steroid conversation just like you could not get an interview with him without talking about the steroid use. And so that in a way, is how we remember Barry Bonds. Like, they've done SNL skits about Barry Bonds and how he's jacked up because of steroids. Like, they, you can you can search it up. It's widely available. They, you know, he, he is he's the punching bag in terms of, you know, the, the steroid conversation. Yeah. I'll, the way I look at it, Josh, is fucking the Baseball Hall of Fame is a complete joke. It's a museum. You could, you could definitely say It's that. an absolute joke. It's an institution created to forever commemorate the on-field performance by some of the greatest players in the game. You know, it's never meant to be the final fucking reward or popularity contest that the media is portraying these players to be. It's not a place where, you know, necessarily like a moral compass is set out for them to get in. You look at like Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth, they were miserable fucks. Right? Yeah, they're in the Hall of Fame. Babe Ruth was an asshole. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And talk about assholes. You look at Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling. These are all, they're not the nicest humans on the planet. You know, they're treated in the press. They were treated in the press as certain individuals throughout most of their careers. They may or may not have been using performance-enhancing drugs. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day... What they did on the field, they were the greatest of all time to do so. You know, if David Ortiz is okay to be included, then so are Roger Clemens, so are Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, even Pete Rose should be allowed in. But to your you know point, I mean? for their then... on-field on play. Mm -hmm. So how awesome are these players? They're fucking great. 
You know, the Hall of Fame just needs to do the right thing, except that not all players in the Hall of Fame are immediate candidates to ascend into this, like, heaven that the fucking Hall of Fame is, this museum that the Hall of Fame is. Some of them are going to fucking go to hell, and that's fine. Let them go to hell. But what they did on field <laughs> You heard is, it here first. <laughs> they were fantastic baseball players. What they did on the field was great. They were fucking amazing, and they should be in the Hall of Fame for that. To your point, David Ortiz is uh, noted to be a very nice person off the field. He's he's done a lot of charity work. He's done he's done a lot for the community. Um, but the the resounding answer, like every time I, I see this conversation on Twitter, every time I see it on Instagram, whatever, it's always the fact that the Hall of Fame, you know, Cooperstown messed up. That Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. And it's ridiculous that he's not. Um, I disagree. I don't think Barry Bonds belongs in the Hall of Fame. He took performance-enhancing drugs. Whether he claims to... He said he didn't know he was taking performance-enhancing drugs. Um, but his trainer called him out for it. His trainer came out and said that he was. So, I mean, his trainer was very much aware. So, Barry Bonds was very much aware. But that's... You know, beside the point, the point is that he was taking these performance-enhancing drugs for years. And so his stats were obviously inflated. And the team's stats that he was playing for were obviously inflated. And the team's, you know, finishing of that season was obviously inflated. So, I don't know. He, it, It's like, look at the, the Houston Astros and all of the shit that they went through after, you know, it came out that they were cheating that season. How is performance enhancing drugs different from that? That's just that's that's my point of view. That's that's my two cents. How do you how do you differentiate cheating and what what it means to be a cheater? Barry Bonds, in my opinion, cheated the system by taking performance enhancing drugs. He got caught, and this is the result of that. He misses out on the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame ain't shit. Like I I, I just. It, like I said, it's it's a joke. It's a museum. If they're in it, great. It, but it doesn't change anything that they've done. You know, it doesn't change any of the 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 World Series or records they hold or single individual seasons that no one can really get to. Seventy three home runs. The fucking lot of home runs. That's nothing. You know, I I don't know. It's a lot of home runs when you're on performance enhancing drugs, Neil. Yeah. But you look at Barry Bonds, his entire career leading up to that, he was having a Hall of Fame career before he even did steroids too, right? Yeah, like exactly. he he was batting three thirty every year, you know, thirty to forty home runs, a hundred to one hundred and thirty RBIs every year, consistently. But then it became tainted, you know. But then you enter guys like Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, and you start seeing what they're doing. They're corking their bats. They're doing whatever they can to get an advantage. That's how the MLB was. It was all about getting advantages. Mm-hmm. You know, now this past year, Josh Donaldson called out all of the pitchers for a sticky substance. Mm-hmm. No, they're not jizzing in their hands and <laughs> fucking throwing baseballs. That's not what they're doing. But obviously there's some sort of resin that they're using to get a control, to get better grip on the ball, to, to you know get better spin on the ball. Why do you think Jason DeGrom didn't throw the ball as well as he used to before he was called out? Mm-hmm. You know, guys like Garrett Cole wasn't getting the proper spin. And Robbie Ray won the Cy Young. 
You know, damn so, right he did. As I'm just saying, did. like it. W- this game is just the way it's it's been run. It's gonna. There's always going to be players who are trying to get a competitive advantage to try and get paid to try and be better than they are to get those next contracts. That's how a game is, yeah. right? That's part. That's been a part of the MLB for years. Yeah, and it's. I think it will continue to be. Um, should we move on? Yeah. Let's move on to the Australian Open. So all of our Canadians are are now out of the Australian Open. Um, but one match I want to talk about in particular is Denis Shapovalov versus Rafa Nadal. So Nadal, the, the storyline in this, we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about this, but the storyline in the Australian Open is that Nadal is going for his 21st Grand Slam title, which puts him above Federer and that piece of shit, Djokovic. Um, so that's the storyline here. And he comes against this this young Canadian player, this young Canadian tennis player, who is giving him the biggest run for his money that he's faced so far in this competition. And this match went five rounds. It went, it's four and a half hours, four and a half hours long this match was. I started watching it um, right when it started, and this was this was a journey. This was a marathon. It went until about two thirty in the morning, and Denis Shapovalov was so close to beating Nadal, so close to the point where, when Shapovalov eventually lost it, he broke his racket on the ground. And we've never seen this from Shapovalov. Like he's always like the nicest kid. He's always like. Takes his takes his losses in stride. He has a mouth on him though. He has a, he has an attitude. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that. But he he was so close to beating Nadal. Yeah. That the storyline that that would have been, that was like Bianca Andreescu beating Serena Williams. Like that was that was huge. Mm-hmm. And if Shapovalov were to knock off Nadal, that would have been that would have just been the storyline of the Australian Open. And it didn't end up happening, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it was a good match. And it goes to show like what Shapovalov has to offer. Yeah, I mean, this is a kid that's only 22, right? Like, he's still just scraping the surface of his potential. And, like, he gave Nadal, who is the king of clay, a run for his money. No one beats Nadal on clay. That's just how he is. He turns it on to the next level. How many Australian Opens has this guy won? Nadal? Yeah. Too many. Right? And he's he's going for his twenty first Grand Slam title. What I found interesting was after the match, um, in the press conference, this twenty two year old with no Grand Slam titles decided to call out the legend. You know, almost Go like on. a rest almost like a wrestling match. Decides to call him out. And he basically said that similar to he, he basically said that Nadal had um, an unfair advantage by the, by the referees, by the umpires. In this, match. he basically said um, he was comparing it to as if LeBron James were to take three steps on the court, it might not garner a whistle versus a rookie taking three steps and it gets a whistle right away. Mm-hmm. That's how he was referencing this match as Nadal had some favoritism towards some of the things that he was doing in the match. I mean, I watched. He the wasn't match. getting that same advantage mm-hmm. is what he was saying and i was just like man just shut the fuck up and take your loss come back next year and win the thing you know like don't 
point out, unless it was like blatant, you watched the match. It wasn't blatant, no. Um, but it was it was a very similar to. I mean, we talked about it last week. Dak Prescott and his his did, comments. Did Nadal play game. well? Nadal played well. Yeah, Shapovalov played better. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Like I said, it's it's similar to Dak Prescott saying those things in the media last last week about you know those things that he eventually apologized for. Yeah. But um, he he talked about how. Basically, the refing wasn't fair, and the refing was against them, against the Cowboys. So this is—it's similar to it. It's a—it's a, you know, a, a statement of passion, let's say, you know. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to see every time we have a new Grand Slam tournament. Um, I'm very excited to see what our Canadians are going to do, like all across the board, men's and women's. Um, should we move on? Yeah, I mean, between Shapovalov. 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 And uh, Felix Auger Alassim. I think Canada's looking, you know, as good as they ever have in the world of tennis. So I think, you know, he's 22. Give him another year or two. He's already ranked number four. He was ranked 14th mm-hmm. against Nadal, who is six. So, I mean, like giving a sixth ranked uh, Nadal, who is probably number one or two in the world on clay. I think you you can't really contest that. I mean, take take that as a, a win. Yeah, the win itself would have been great, but I think this is a big win for him regardless. It's a huge win. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the men and women's like we saw Layla Fernandez go out um with an unfortunate match. Um Bianca Andreescu didn't end up playing in this Australian Open because of injury. Yeah. She's had her fair share of injuries, but um I'm excited for our Canadians. Our Canadians have what it takes to compete. Obviously, we saw with Bianca Andreescu beating Serena Williams. Uh, but moving on, um, an incident happened this past week um, that is probably the forefront of controversy um, in the world of sports. Um, I don't know if you have seen the video, but um, it happened in the ECHL. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Subban, who is brother of PK Subban, um, has played on the Leafs. Um, has had an NHL career. He's now playing in the ECHL. There was an incident um, involving another player, Jacob Panetta, who they were getting into a scrap, and it was a it was a pretty much a, a team wide scrap. Um, and then it ended up being in the middle of the ice um, as they were skating away. Jacob Panetta made a racist gesture towards Jordan Subban, and Jordan Subban kind of went after him. And said, you know, that's that's bullshit. I'm coming after you. Um, since then, the ECHL has investigated it, looked at the video, um, compared it to other videos, com- compared it to other videos that Jacob Panetta claims that he was just, you know, making a tough guy stance. They did their investigation. Their investigation concluded with him being suspended for the rest of the season indefinitely. He was also dropped by his his team as well. Um so Jacob Panetta can make all the claims he wants about how this wasn't a racist gesture and how he was making a, a tough guy stance, um, which I don't really think I've seen before. Um, but the investigation showed that it was racist. And he, like, if you look at the video, when Jordan Subban went after Jacob Panetta, no teammates of Jacob Panetta tried to stop Jordan Subban. And that's one of the main things that stuck with me is that they all saw what Jacob Panetta did. Yeah. And all of his teammates just backed off. We're just like, whoa, man. Like, and Jordan Seaman went after him. Normally, if you would see a, a player try to attack 
one of your players, you would try and break it up. You would try and get in the middle of it. But no, they just, they step back. So that's one of the biggest things for me. Um, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on this new? I actually, like I, I've had the opportunity to meet Jordan Subban many times and the interactions with Jordan has been amazing. This is like one of the nicest persons. hundred percent. That you can, you know, like the most humble, the most polite, uh, like I, I just, you hate to see this happen to anyone, much less what has just happened here to this individual. And Jordan, you know, like if he's probably not listening to this podcast, but you know, like with everything that's happened over the last couple of years, this is just, it's just, I, I'm speechless because I feel for him. You know, I feel like, like he doesn't fight, you know, he's not a fighter. No, he's not. He's a fierce competitor. That entire family is, you know, all of the two bands, yeah. you know, his, his other two brothers are in the NHL right now. Mm-hmm playing and here's jordan who used to play for the marlies the toronto marlies is now playing in the echl and these lower leagues are just getting away they've been historically just getting away with shit like this you know what i mean this shit isn't this isn't the first time it's happening it's probably not going to be the last right this is a dirty league Mm -hmm. it needs to be cleaned up this is the first step again like this is shit that happens that isn't brought to anyone's attention but to your point his own teammates, Jacob Panetta's own teammates, stood there and wanted him to get clocked and yeah. want, knew exactly what was happening. And, you know, uh, Jordan's older brother, P.K. Subban, went on Twitter and, and said, even your own teammates want to see you get your, your clock clean. This happens a lot, and it never gets exposed in the lower leagues. You know, one thing I love about this is Jordan's teammates standing there and showing support. He loves that. You know, he also said <laughs> the Twitter rant that PK went on after this. Yeah. Because I mean, Jacob Panetta so. is from Belleville. Mm-hmm. Um, he even said, your hometown of Belleville knows. Your family and friends know you're a fraud. With everything that's gone on in the past couple of years in the world, I'll say with all due respect to everyone who has. And we all know what's okay and what's not. Crazy. Like, I just... I'm, I'm glad that he got his clock cleaned by jordan yeah not only that he's literally suspended cut from his team suspended for the rest of the year yeah who's gonna take this guy on it's like the montreal canadians drafting that player and then immediately cutting him yeah right like who's gonna want to take this guy on nobody i think he's he's his chance of making it to any nhl team is just shot indefinitely like and this was after the investigation. Like that's that's what I'm trying to say here is that they they did an investigation. This was not like an immediate. Like he was dropped from the team almost immediately. Um, but the ECHL suspended him after an investigation. So they looked at the video, they did the research, and then they suspended him. So like this is obviously an act of racism. And he came out and he he posted. One of the one of the most despicable videos I've ever seen. Like a uh, half-ass apology, to say the least. I don't know if he he tried to see an acting coach before that, and he he tried to you know like what do I gotta do to make myself cry? Because the way he's like pretending to hold back tears in that video, it's just like 
come on, man. Even looking at your face, you can see the lack of sincerity when he's when he's speaking. He's trying to cover his own ass. He's not apologizing for anything. He's just trying to cover his own ass. And it's just, oh, it's just him. The, the whole, like, oh, what irks me the most is him trying so hard to, you know, pretend like he's holding back tears. That's what uh, grinds my gears the most. Yeah, I don't, I don't really care for suspension. I just need him out of the game. Yeah. You know, I don't really care how long the suspension is, if, you know, if he got cut from the team. I just don't want... And and kudos to the to the teams for not standing for this. You yeah. know that both teams, both you're seeing lots of NHL players come out. I know Tom Wilson put out a statement. I know PK just did. Um, we've had a few days now since this has been dropped, and you know we we need to start lifting these players up and start supporting them when this shit's happening, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not always, you know, it's not always put on. Like a, a larger scale, it's not always put on social media. It's not always spoken about, but now it's starting to. So I mean, little things like this that are going unnoticed shouldn't be little things. They exactly. should be large things. So. Exactly. And it's also bringing a lot of you know people who we were kind of assuming were racist. Yeah. But but we weren't for sure about. It's bringing a lot of those people out of the woodwork and showing how racist they actually are. Um, there was a take, I don't remember who it was, but there was a take that, you know, um, Jacob Panetta has been, um, tried without, without a jury or something like that. And that's just as bad as the racial gesture itself. And everyone's just like, all right, you need to, you need to leave the game. You need to, you need to fuck off. But it's, it's bringing a lot of people out of the woodwork and, um, continue to call out those people in my opinion. Should we move on? Let's talk some football. Let's talk some football. Holy crap this weekend. If your playoff bracket is still intact after this past weekend, you are a psychopath. Because I don't know. If, if you guess this all correctly, if you guess this storyline correctly, I, I kudos to you. Because you are a very rich person right now. Because the upsets, the heartbreak of this weekend... What are some highlights for you, Neil? I don't know. The, the, both games, on both the, both games gave on the Sunday? NFL fans a reason to smile. Both games did, and on the Sunday, you mean? On there the were, Sunday, there were four games this weekend. On the Sunday, mm-hmm. I don't even want to talk about the other games. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the other games because that was. <laughs> don't talk to me about Saturday because Saturday. <laughs> Saturday compared to the Sunday. I think a lot of people day. lost a lot of money on Saturday. 100%. With Myself what, included. Those games weren't even interesting. You know, the Green Bay shouldn't have lost. They lost. Anyways, let's not talk about Saturday. Mm-hmm. Let's only talk about Sunday. Sure. Because God knows Sunday was dramatic as fuck. Yeah. That first game, the more that Tampa Bay went down, and I'm talking about the Tampa Bay LA Rams game, at 3 p.m. start time on Sunday. That game was controlled by L.A. up until the fourth, about like three minutes left in the third quarter, where they went up 27 to 3. 27 to 3. They're up 27 to 3, Josh. But what do I always say? And then, you know, one of the commentators, I think it was Al Michaels, who said, we've seen this story before. Mm -hmm. Hint, hint. 
We've seen this story before with Tom Brady, except Never he was up 28-3. to three. Never bet against Tom Brady. And then what happened? I don't understand how these things continue to happen. It was... <laughs> There was a there was two fumbles by Cam Akers. One he fumbled it while he was on his head, literally doing a headstand a yard out from the, the end zone. Mm-hmm. He was about to score, fumbles it on the one yard line. Tampa marches down, scores a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's twenty seven ten. Stop on fourth on fourth down. Okay, it's twenty seven seventeen now. I don't I don't understand how things like the last play of that series was LA just killing clock. They were up by seven, just killing clock. They fumbled again. Cam Akers fumbled again and everything just stopped. It's like the world stopped the whole time in the fourth quarter. I was just like, Oh my God, this is happening again. This is happening. And it happened again. And Tom Brady, of course, against that feared defense, marched down the field, marched down the field, marched down the field, scored, scored, scored. Mm -hmm. 27 all. Okay, there's there's how much time was left here? Like maybe 40 seconds, yeah, 50 seconds? Yeah. A little under a minute, yeah. If Matt Stafford wasn't on this team. If this was Jared Goff still, this would be a Tampa win. This would, yeah. <laughs> well, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. Fair, but they were in the playoffs at one point. They were they went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. John Matthew Stafford. Marched down the field, threw the ball as hard as he could. He's like, Cooper Cup must be down there somewhere. It's gotta be down there. Single coverage, Cooper Cup caught the ball, field goal, game over. Unbelievable. I would have loved like to heartbreak. seen Tampa Bay come back and actually do the unthinkable and Tom do it again. Mm-hmm. But that you know, that was all that we saw that Tom had left in him. I think he retires this year. I think he's done. I think he does too. That um, the comments he he made um, right after this game in this past week um, were were not comments I've heard from Tom Brady before. For him to go out that way, mm-hmm. though, it'd be kind of sad. But who cares? I'm tired of Tom Brady. <laughs> this is that the effort he put up in that game. He's the goat. He we is. know he is. He's he's the greatest quarterback of all time. You can't like you can't argue that. Like yeah, I mean the I mean the second greatest quarterback of all time just retired yesterday, in oh my god, Big Ben Roethlisberger. I don't even want to talk about that. This was this was a so I mean, what better year for him to want to retire than his, you know, to the second best player? He, he's of not all time. he's not fighting against Ben Roethlisberger anymore. Oh, he's like, like, what do I have to play for? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but I do think Tom Brady retires, and, and I do think Rob Gronkowski retires. He even paid tribute to, quote-unquote, the all-time great Ben Roethlisberger after his retirement. So I think, I don't know. Gross. <laughs> uh, the game I really want to talk about, the game that I was referring to earlier as the greatest game I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the Sunday night Sunday night slot. And oh my god, this game did not disappoint. You could have made a movie about this game. Like the the final two the second minutes, half, you could have made a movie. The first half, not so much. Yes, the I fourth know. quarter, you could have made a movie. The fourth of. quarter, the last two minutes, you could have made a movie out of. Yeah, I'm sure it will be at there was, some point. Yeah, there's 13 seconds left on the clock, and that's all Patrick Mahomes needed 
to tie the game and send it to overtime. 13 seconds. Two throws. And that's it. That's all I needed. If you or anyone you know knows a Bills fan in this world out there, (laughs) don't try and console them. Don't try to ask them about it. Don't bring it up. Don't do anything of that nature involving football for at least six months. Just laugh. Do something nice for them. No. (laughs) They just keep an eye on them because they're all on suicide watch right now. Did anyone do something nice for me as a Leafs fan after these past, what, 10 years of heartbreak of similar magnitude? How do the Bills move on from this? How? I think the Bills are going to be just fine. How do they move on from this? I think they could keep the same team going into next season and still make a run for the Super Bowl. I remember watching the last 13 seconds and asking, why are they... Okay, I understand you want to prevent a touchdown. I understand that. You have to cover the end zone. You have to play deep because you know Mahomes has an arm. He's going to whip it down there. But they have 13 seconds left. They have all their timeouts, which is genius. I thought that was remarkable considering there were so many points scored in the final two minutes. But how do you allow them to, number one, pick up a chunk, pick up 18 yards first, Mm -hmm. and then allow single coverage on one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game? The greatest tight end to ever play the game. And it was. All they have to do is catch the ball and go down, and they have a timeout. Catch the ball, go down, have a timeout. That was easiest. They had time to spare. They could have run another play if they wanted to. If they didn't have their timeouts, it would have been game over. 100%. Because they would have been throwing towards the sidelines. Exactly. But they could throw wherever they wanted. Mm -hmm. And because it was such loose coverage at the line of scrimmage, Mahomes was given so much time to throw the ball. They just didn't execute. Doug McDermott needs to execute better than that. If he wants to win, they stopped playing after thir- with 13 seconds left. They thought they won the game. Yeah, absolutely. Did you see what Andy Reid said to Patrick Mahomes in that 13 seconds right before he went on the field? He said, the quote was, when it looks grim, be the grim reaper. And that's what Patrick Mahomes was. Yeah. And then the next thing I want to talk about is the overtime rules. Because obviously this game went to overtime um and then the chiefs won the chiefs won the coin toss and then the rest was history the rest was if you if you let patrick mahomes on the field he's going to score a touchdown especially when it's a do or die scenario and so jacob josh allen sorry was not allowed on the field in the overtime at all because of the coin toss And so you're letting a coin toss, and this has been the topic of conversation this entire week. You're letting a coin toss decide who wins overtime. The overtime rules, in my opinion, need to change, I think. Yeah, I don't think you're alone. I think the entire city of Buffalo agrees with you. Fair. Um, I also think the entire city of Kansas does not. Does not agree with me because it worked out in their favor, but... If you were to change it so that each team gets a chance on offense, that's all That's all I would want to change to it. Each team gets a chance on offense. You, you see 
Patrick Mahomes go on the field and score a touchdown, march down the field, score a touchdown, give Josh Allen the same opportunity. It should not be a first touchdown wins. It should be give both teams a chance on offense. If both teams score a touchdown, you go again. Give both teams another chance on offense. It's until one team doesn't convert. So you're suggesting they... (laughs) Do you know how the NFL, or sorry, the um, NCAA does their overtime? Uh, it's not the same as the NFL. I know that. It's so fucking ridiculous. It's, there's so many different ways you can do this. NC college football rules are, okay, we're going to give you the ball on the 25 yard line in the other person's end zone, like in the red zone Mm -hmm. and give you an opportunity to score. So obviously with 20 yards, whatever it is that you have to get down, you're going to see score start to build up and build up until one team doesn't score and one team does. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, 20, you're in the red zone, you score the ball. The other team gets a chance. You're in the red zone, you don't score, game is over. Game is over. But if you, if they do score, they go to another overtime. I like that better. Then another than, overtime. I like that better. So that's than, one option. They could take on the college yeah. rules. Your option's great, too. You know, give each other a chance. Go down, score. If the other team doesn't score, then it's game over. Mm-hmm. Or they just do 10 minutes or five minutes, and whoever scores, I'd say well, I guess minutes. like you can just run it out at that point, right? True, but you give your defense more of an opportunity to not run it out, or than ten minutes, because five minutes is easy to run down the clock. I would say ten minutes or a whole quarter. Let's just go again. Just or you know, if you're doing ten minutes, might as well do a whole quarter. Um, but this is a crazy stat. Since the since the current rules, since the current overtime rules came into place, um, teams who win the coin toss are ten and one. In overtime yeah so it's pretty much you win the coin toss you win the game that's and that's the that's the argument that people are saying that of how stupid this is you win a coin toss you win a game you go to the championship game if this were to happen in the super bowl you would win the super bowl if you call it the coin toss correctly you know what i mean so like i i think the rules do need to change i think overtime is is bullshit right now in the nfl um and and they're making a lot of people are making the comparison to the NHL, and the fact that the NHL has different overtime rules for regular season than they do playoffs. Do you want to do you want to tell the Atlanta Falcons that we're changing the, the rule book here? Yep. Overtime rules. Yep. A little late, but yep. Yep. Let's do it. Um, How do you think they feel about that? Obviously, a little different. Um, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm just saying that like the, the regular season, uh, the regular season overtime doesn't have to be the same as playoff overtime. Like you're playing for a win in overtime in the playoffs. You're playing, it could be a tie in the regular season, which we've seen multiple times before. So, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think, I do think it needs to be changed. I don't know if it's going to, but I think if they want to grow the, the integrity of the game, especially in the playoffs, I think they need to make a change here. Who do you think is uh, going to take it away this weekend with the big matchups coming we're jumping up? into predictions now? We're, we're two weeks away from the Super Bowl. or Three weeks. Because they got the Pro Bowl, too. Three weeks away from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Bowl be, being on the day before Valentine's Day, so it could be very a lot of love <laughs> for a lot of people. Wow. For Dick Red. Um can yeah, I just I mean, can I just say before we jump into this? Yeah. Have you seen the halftime show lineup? Of course. We've got Snoop Dogg. We've got Dr. Dre. 
got Eminem, we've got Kendrick Lamar, we've got Mary J. Blige, and possibly others. If you're throwing that many names in there, there's going to be one or two other people that show up to this halftime show. It's going to be ridiculous. This is only a 15-minute show. I don't know how what do they're going to do. <laughs> how do you fit this many... I don't understand. Like, this isn't... World-renowned artists. This is great for, like, a fucking three-day festival event. Exactly. You know? like a three, but, like, how do you do that into 15 minutes? Yeah. I mean, like... it. Notably, when you when you put artists in a halftime show, especially multiple artists, they're they're not singing the full songs. No, they're singing like snippets like, of their yeah. songs. Um, but oh my god, did you did you see the promotional video that they that they put out with all five of them, and how they're like they're it's all crazy. doing their own thing, and they yeah. they get the call, and they're they like show up to LA, and they're like walking from their private jets and their cars, and like oh it's so, oh yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna be great. it's gonna be a fucking crazy halftime show and i'm oh, so excited for that um but anyways my predictions for this weekend didn't i say i mean i know we didn't talk about the cincinnati game but i said that game had the chance to be an upset because of joe burrow and jamar chase yeah their defense won the game though i don't think they're gonna win this week um i think i mean i'm, I'm sticking with the obvious here um, I think the Super Bowl is going to be Kansas City versus the Rams. It's going to be in LA. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be loud as fuck. But I, I just don't see the 49ers or the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, if if Kansas City can contain Jamar Chase, they're going to win the game. It's, I mean, this that's their main offensive piece. Joe Mixon doesn't look as good as he did early on in the season. I think he's injured. I think, he's, he's I think he's playing hurt. You yeah. know, every time he's running the ball, he's coming. It's t- it's taking him like three to five seconds to get up. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, if they can contain Mister uh, Rookie of the Year, then I think they have a chance, a good chance to win. So I, I, I think we're going to see the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, I think they're going to win this game easily. They're going to win by thirteen points. I think it'll be like thirty-three to twenty. Is my prediction. That's a good call. I, th- I don't think it's going to be that close. Um, I mean, that's not really close, but I, I think um, Kansas City is going to blow them out. And I think the Rams are going to blow out the 49ers. I don't think the 49ers... The 49ers have not had any offense this entire playoffs. Yeah. And that's in part due to Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't have, you know, their... They're waiting for they're they're making a run in the playoffs, but they're they're still not using their rookie star quarterback. You know what I mean? They're not they're only using Jimmy Garoppolo. So if once this team gets that quality level quarterback next season, possibly if we we see Jimmy Garoppolo depart or even get sidelined, 49ers are gonna be good next season. But I this is not their year. No um, not with Jimmy Garoppolo. Not with Jimmy Garoppolo. This is not their year. Um, the Rams are going to push forward on offense. They're going to use their running game, and it's it's going to be a, a Rams win, a Rams easy win for sure. What do you think the score? The score, in my opinion, is probably going to be 35-13. There's a lot of people that think the 49ers are going to win this game. Really? A lot of people. I don't want the 49ers. I want this to be an exciting Super Bowl. I don't well, want the 49ers to win. If the Rams and the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, it's going to be an exciting Super Bowl. I don't want the 49ers to win. I just don't see how they can go into L.A. and win this game. I don't. 
I, You're seeing I think, a lot of people say that the 49ers are going to win. I think game. John Matthew is going to come up big. You know, Matt Stafford. You love calling people by their full names. Eh? I think I think he's unstoppable. You know, this... And, and like, you can't... With McVeigh at home, with hit the way he schemes, this is going to be a battle of the coaches. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan against McVeigh. It's going to be great. I'm glad this is the night game at 6.30. It's going to be a good one. Watch it live on Fox. <laughs> wow. I didn't know Fox had you under contract. Here. Well, now they, now you do. Did you see the um, before before we wrap things up here? Did you see the the petition that's going around um, to change the Super Bowl to a Saturday instead of a Sunday? It's got over a hundred hundred thousand signatures right now, um, but people are saying change the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is like the biggest one of the biggest parties of the year, and to have it on a Sunday should be illegal because everyone's got to wake up that Monday morning for work. Oh, you agree? That it should be on a Saturday? I think it should be on a Saturday, yeah. Sundays are known for football, obviously. Um, but if, if you throw it on a Saturday, you're going to have your viewership's going to go up. Um, I think people are going to have the opportunity to, you know, have like promotional like nights at, at bars and stuff, restaurants. Um, they're going to like be able to sell tickets for it. Yeah. If it's on a Saturday instead of a Sunday, I, I think it's a great idea to have it on a Saturday. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I guess we'll wait and see, you know, what that what comes of that. Oh, we're going to talk about it more. Anyways, that is our show. Thank you very much for listening. And I'm excited as well as you yeah. uh, for this coming weekend. Well, t- I'm sure we'll talk about these matchups uh, next week. Um, you guys all have a great week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 